You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For all NBA NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces. It's Matt and Justin. Golden Spaces, Golden Spaces, you know, the Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. And we be trying, we be trying so hard to keep the vibes, to keep the vibes. And we know the Warriors have not done their part all season. We all know that. But you know what? You know who else hasn't done their part in keeping the vibes? Dub's Twitter. I don't want to just keep saying the fan base. You know why? Because Twitter can make you believe like that's how most people think. And Twitter is actually a very small fraction (laughs) of the world and the fan base. In fact, they probably don't even reflect the opinions of most fans, right? Because I don't think the whole building in Washington, D.C. that was filled up with people in Steph Curry jerseys and screaming, I don't think they gave a shit that the Warriors had a 500 record coming in. Did they care, Justin? Not at all. No, they were just pretty excited to see Wardell and the gang. And when Chase is sold out every night and the people show up, I mean, obviously you have to give the fans something reason to cheer for, but they seem to still be pretty excited to come and and watch the Warriors play, even though the Warriors have not been consistent all season. Is that fair for me to say? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, Guess what? I'm not going to be a podcast that sits on here and admonishes fans because the sport is nothing without fans. But honestly, Dub's Twitter, y'all are a little exhausting for me. Seriously, a little exhausting. And um, y'all help to kill the vibes. That's all I'm saying. You know, y'all help to kill it. And if you want to be vibes killers, be my guest. We're not going to kill the vibes on Golden Spaces. So we're going to do our best to have vibes today. And just talk about realistically the state of the team and what's going on. And I just want to say this um, because I am Natalie and Justin's Justin. So we say things on here collectively, but I don't want like my views and what I think to be like, oh, that's what Justin thinks. But a lot of people come at me and they think like, I just don't want to criticize Steph. Or they're like, oh, Nat, like, you know, we appreciate you always trying to be optimistic and positive and For one, you don't have to, like, start conversations with me all the time. Like, if you just disagree with me, just state it. Like, (laughs) all of the fluff ahead of time is not necessary. Like, we're adults. We're individuals. And I don't agree with y'all. And I don't take the time to say, like, I get it. You know, some of you may go to therapy because that's, like, a validation technique. You want to validate someone before you go in. So that's actually the proper way to do it. But, like, for my personality, you don't need to do that. I don't care. But my larger point is just that, like, I don't do that because it's the Warriors. I do that because that's how I live my life. 
I don't choose to see things as negative. My father was just in the hospital for like two weeks. And when I tweeted about it, I said, we're fine, we're positive. And I meant that. Like, that's how I was raised. That's how I approach everything I do. And that's how I live my life. I'm going to always think something is positive or that there is a way until there is really, truly no way. So you should know that and understand that about me before you come to me and come in my mentions, trying to get me to join y'all. I'm not going to join in it. I'm not going to... Draymond Green gets on my damn nerves and I still will never talk about him crazy the way that y'all talk about some of the players. Like, I'm just not going to do it. You know, like these guys, as crazy as Draymond has done, he's delivered. He's delivered. Clay Thompson has delivered. Stephen Curry has delivered. They've delivered on multiple occasions. Okay. And then Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole joined that party last year. And Loon, our six guys have all delivered. They've showed up when they need to show up. They've shown up. I am not. They don't have to keep reproving shit to me. And I, you know what? I get it. Because last night in his post game, you know what Steph said? He said, you have to demonstrate each year you're a good team. He did say that. He did. But you know what? I promise you in that locker room, they're not bashing each other and saying you're trash and you're this and you're that. They just know they got to get better and they believe they can get better, right? So that doesn't mean that anyone is above criticism. But like, I think y'all don't know what constructive criticism is. Constructive criticism is like you break down what's wrong, what's right. You talk about what needs to improve and you move on. It is not calling people bums. It is not calling people washed. It's not slandering them. It's not requesting trades. It's not disrespecting them. That is not criticism. And so, no, I'm never going to co-sign that. I'm never going to agree with it. And I'm never going to think it's cool, like ever. So please stop coming to me thinking I'm going to join in it. I'm not. And stop thinking you're going to like shame me away from being positive. It's not going to happen. Like I'm going to always have faith in this squad until it just doesn't happen. And you know what? Even if they don't win, I'm not going to now be like, see, y'all trash, y'all this. Four. Do y'all know how hard it is to deliver four championships in six years? I'm sorry, in six attempts over eight years. <laughs> like, seriously, do y'all know how hard that is? I don't think people understand um, or they just refuse to acknowledge that that happened you know what i mean if whether it's them um calling steph washed or whether it's them calling clay washed or it's like well we've literally seen these people less than a full year ago um you know win a championship you know we've seen steph in the clutch take over and be the best player on the court by far um on an nba final stage against a team that many people thought they didn't really have a chance to beat. Um, so like, I don't understand, like, all of a sudden, do you just think he just can't do it anymore because he's had two, you know, subpar closing games coming in a row? Injury. Coming, coming off, off injury. injury. And, I mean, even if he wasn't coming off injury, it's <laughs> January. Like, it's January, and we've seen him do it on the biggest stage multiple times in his career. The very first time that he's ever been on a final stage, we've seen him out outplay LeBron in the clutch, like, I just don't understand. And then there's and then people that are expecting him to play like he was playing um, early in the season. That was just an 
uh, it's unrealistic to expect someone to play like that for an entire season, even his unanimous MVP season. He he was hot, and then he had a, a cold stretch in there too. You know, I mean, it's just it's a long season. It's January. Um, you know, the guy's not going to go out there and give you thirty plus on seventy percent true shooting every single night. Like that's just that's not real. Like nobody does that ever, right? <laughs> so MJ didn't do it. Ron none of these didn't guys. Do it. Like, and that's what I laugh at because, like, there are literally been nights this season. Ron hasn't had good nights. Kevin Durant hasn't had good nights. I'm laughing about mm. this whole Kyrie thing right now because, you know, <laughs> every time we play Kyrie, it becomes a who's better discussion. Until this last two games, the Nets were on a fucking losing streak. They were on a losing streak. And people were like, oh, Kyrie can't carry a team without Kevin Durant. And now all of a sudden it's Ky- like, what? It, yeah, I don't even acknowledge the Kyrie and Steph stuff. No, but you crazy. have our own fans saying it. That's why I'm just like, they're like, well, you know Kyrie owns the Warriors. What? What are you saying <laughs> right now? Kyrie usually has good scoring games against the Warriors, but, like, who gives a shit? Like, but so do those stars I mean? because they're stars. That's what they do. Right. And, I mean, last year, what, Kyrie pretty much got locked up last year when he played them in, in, um, in Golden State. I don't think he played when they played in Brooklyn, but it's like that's just like not even an argument, really. Um, it's just it's just dumb. It's just dumb stuff. The reason I bring up the coming off injury part is not because because I agree with you. Like it doesn't matter if he was coming off injury, it would still be okay. I bring that up to say that if you saw Steph performing a certain way before, and I agree with you, like we're not expecting him to like just always be like seventy percent shoe shooting and all that. But if you saw him performing a certain way up until injury, (laughs) and then you notice post-injury, he's not doing the same. What is more likely? And I'm not saying that he's still hurt as in he shouldn't be on the floor, but there's a process to coming back from injury. There's a process to it. And I just, like, why can't we just be patient and respect that process, you know, for both Stephen Curry and Andrew Wiggins, right? Because... You said this on here multiple times, right? Like, it's not the same for each player. So even though Andrew Wiggins came back a day or a game earlier than Steph, it looks like it's taking longer for him to get back than it is in Steph. Steph is not back-back, but he's he's looked better, right? He's also the better player. So um Mm -hmm. i just don't understand what like why is it so hard just to exhibit patience like it's not like i think they think we enjoy this i think they think we're cheering on like losing like (laughs) we don't enjoy watching it either bro like it's not half like we're not like woohoo doves okay like we're not over here like moral victory but like you can still not enjoy it and be frustrated and understand that there are things going on that they need to fix Mm -hmm. right I mean, like two mm-hmm. two of those things can happen simultaneously. You don't have to be mad and bash them to like to 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 show that you care. You know, like we have a whole fucking podcast dedicated to the team. Obviously, we care. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, some people just are just naturally negative, and like you said, just not everybody's wired like that. Um. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Let me put my my. I'm gonna mute while you talk because I don't know if you guys hear the noise in the background. I apologize for that. Live in a condo, can't escape it sometimes with the noise. 
yeah, I just think some people are just more more negative or just they just view things a certain way or they just like to express their, you know, you know, they're, they're not satisfied with the team a certain way. And that usually comes out in the form of slander and this and that. And, you know, to each to each their own. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes I get mad and I and I say some things that just heat of the moment things, but it just seems like um, you know, a lot of people are just waiting for an opportunity to just get off some things that they've been they've been harboring. <laughs> and um it's almost like, do you want to see them fail so you can get these takes off or something? Like I don't I don't understand that part. But yeah, performing a whole like referendum on Steph's career and whether or not he's washed and we do this every year with Steph, like he's too passive and all this type of stuff. But when it's winning time, we don't want the ball in anybody else's hands. And the ball is usually not in anyone else's hands, but his, we literally saw him win his team a finals, almost not by himself, but you know what I mean? Like the team was reeling and it was, they were in a position where they could have just folded and he put the team on his back. So like, fuck all that. He's being passive and all that type of stuff. Like it's fucking January. Like y'all expect him to go out there and say it's game four in Boston and I'm going to will this team to win every single night. Like, he literally won them, like, five or six games already this season doing that. Sacramento game early in the season. The Cavs game early in the season. Um, Miami early in the season. He literally just did it against the Wizards the other night. He dropped 40. Like, this is not sustainable for a guy, whether it's sustainable or not. You can't reasonably expect for him to have to continually do this and do this and do this and think that this team is a contending team. Like, if he has to keep doing this against teams without their best player, then that's an issue. Now, he does need to close those last two games. He could have closed better, right? I think it's more decision-making rather than, like, um, like anything going on with an injury. I mean, honestly, I, obviously, I don't feel what he's feeling. But I do feel like his approach just could have been a little bit better in those situations. Um, and we saw it against the Wizards, right? He just got really whatever he wanted because he mixed up going to the basket and shooting floaters. And, and that's obviously, a um, they were guarding him a little bit differently than Boston and, and Brooklyn, but similar, similar situations where he could have just picked his spots a little bit better, but overall um, nobody should ever be worried about Steph or calling him out about some random regular season game in the middle of the season given what he's already done and given what we know he's capable of doing, continuing to do. So that's, that's my biggest thing about it. Um, we just seem to deflect always to things that, that we've seen work in our favor multiple times over and over and over again, right? Talking about Clay and Steph and Dre about how they're not doing this and doing that, but we've seen them show up time and time and time again. Whereas we haven't seen, the bench, you know, even though they were good the last game, we haven't seen a sustained stretch of our bench and our other guys outside of our stars playing, winning and, you know, consistent basketball over a decent stretch. We haven't seen them have enough good front court play over a consistent stretch outside of Dre and Looney at all this season. So I think, I think you're, you're in a better position to talk about that than you are about what our stars can and can't do or have and haven't been doing. Uh, that's just my opinion on the situation. Okay. I want to make this last point. Hopefully I'm loud enough over the noise. Um, and then let's, let's break and actually like get into the game, the team and, and, and the, where things are. So 
I don't think that um, I agree with you. I think the decision making is really like the issue with staff. Um, but the question for me is like, why is the decision making like this? Right. And we, we, we know that Steph can be prone sometimes to kind of being like a space cadet and all these like things, right? Like we know that it's, it's, it's really not the first time we've seen him do that. But I think when you consider the, um, circumstances where they are right now, and I believe him and I believe the team when they say like, they know it's time, like they need to like start stringing wings together. I believe them. I don't think, I don't think they're stepping on the court and taking this lightly, you know, like Draymond said candidly, like, no, this is not like just flipping a switch. Right. I think this is a very layered and nuanced thing. Why the team is this way. And I think there's not a single thing. And I think people want it to be a single thing. And I think they want it to be a single fix. To understand everything that's happening with the team, you got to acknowledge that there was an impact of the Dre Poole situation, not just on the two of them, but on the whole team, right? You have to acknowledge other things. And and people don't want to do that. So what I will say, though, about Steph is that it's sort of a little bit related to like something you've said to me before on here, or maybe just in our conversation that I was dismissive of when like you would say things like, I don't know, Steph looked a little tired. And I'm like, he ain't look tired to me, you know? And this is like earlier in the season, this is like pre-injury. And you're like, um, you know, I was just sort of dismissive and you were like, okay. And I probably should have listened to you a little bit more because I mean, obviously you've played, but um I think people do this in general with like star athletes. And I think, you know, because we know Steph is like one of the best conditioned athletes in the world. And because he still plays at this at a high, high level, we dismiss the fact that like he can feel fatigue or that he's 30. What is he? 34. What the hell is he? Uh, I want to say he'll be 35 in two months. <laughs> so he's 34. Um, and the reason why those things matter is because the recovery takes longer. So whether it's recovery from injury, whether it's um, recovery um, just in between games, right? Like his body getting back, right? Um, but so when I, when I bring up the injury, I'm not saying it as in terms of like it's injury. It's more like when people are like, well, why doesn't he just like go, you know, attack or like do this or whatever? And I'm like, we might need to acknowledge that maybe he can't or, and when I say he can't, I don't mean like literally physically, but he might really just, his conditioning just may not be back yet. He might just really, really be tired. He might really, or, and I don't know this. So this is something that I want to ask you. And I don't like to speculate on things, but like based on the injury he had, I mean, obviously, thankfully it wasn't his shooting arm, thankfully, but I don't know personally and this is not me looking for an excuse. I really just want to understand because of something someone actually said to me that made me think. But is there any difference between with that injury, like certain shots being easier to take than than other kinds of shots? Or, you know, um, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. So like maybe why, or maybe it's like, a, I don't want to drive because I don't want to get hit in that shoulder kind of thing, right? Because we don't know if there's anything lingering. I, like, I have no idea. I'm not saying it's the case. My only point is that we know that 
we know like this is the best he's gonna be not like in terms of performance but to the extent that there's any pain to the extent that there's anything lingering with the sur- with the shoulder we're not gonna know he's not gonna say but he's also made it clear that like even if there is it doesn't matter it's enough that i don't think about it when i'm out there playing so he says but when someone says like talks like that that just makes me understand that it's not like a perfect like i'm done i'm back and there's nothing right there we mm-hmm. he's, he's wearing a shoulder sleeve so I feel like it's one of those things where like, especially if it's a new injury for him, he's figuring it out like in the process. And so when I say it might be impacting him, I don't necessarily mean from like a physical standpoint or mental, like he's scared, but just figuring out how to work and operate now with this new injury. Like when he had the tailbone, he came back and he was great, but I'm sure, but he still had discomfort while he was playing with the tailbone. It's like, you have to figure out the best way to use your body with that injury, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, that could potentially have some effect on him. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, I'm like like we said, we're not, we don't know what he's feeling out there. But right. I do think what we've seen so far is like, I don't think it's really affecting any shooting or anything like that because we've seen him hit a half court shot. We've seen him make different type of layups and and pull ups and stuff like that. And like, I think it's really more of a a pace thing from what I've seen. Like, because he started the first half of the Boston game. That would mean how tired he is, right? Or not tired. Not necessarily tired or just like, it's like, I'm about to be 35 in two months. Really, we've, and we've been to six finals. I only care about the playoffs, right? Like I understand the regular season matters, but I'm not going to give playoff effort in a random January game. Right, but it was um, in the Boston game. He did care about it. We know that. And, and, and he, I'm not saying he don't care. I'm just saying like the amount of juice he's playing with, and the amount of like um, I don't want to say focus because obviously he's focused, but the amount of intention that he's playing with. I don't know if it's like all the way at peak level. Why would level you play right with now. intention through three quarters and then just stop in the fourth quarter? That doesn't make sense, especially in a game that's close. Yeah, and for sure. Play. And also, they like even though we know that they're doing that, the pace thing, we also know that they all know like, okay, but we got to actually make the playoffs to be in the playoffs. Right. Right. And this is, this is the, and they've all acknowledged that point from Steve Kerr to clay to Dre to Steph. So I don't, I just don't think at this stage right now, he's still pacing himself, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know because in the Wizards game, you see, like, they were they were down in the fourth quarter. And he was like, all right, me and Dre, we got to turn it on. Jordan, you know, had it going in the first half. We got to turn it on to win this game. Whereas with the with the Celtics in the Nets game, it's like, okay, you got a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. And he's probably just like, okay, as long as we don't do anything stupid, we should win this game, right? Um, I specifically remember last or yesterday – they just kept feeding Clay down a down a stretch because Clay has Seth yes. on him and Seth is a smaller player and he hit a few um he hit a few like turnarounds over Seth and stuff like that and they generated some good offense from it but in that particular stretch Clay just couldn't really hit anything right he um Seth did a good job of forcing him out of the post right they would just post Clay up and he would get a turnaround or something good at the rim or he would draw a second defender and they would pass it out. But Seth started forcing them, and Clay started catching it at the at the three point line, so the advantage was kind of like negated from there, right? Because Clay is not the best ball handler, 
So it was just a few possessions after a few possessions of just bad offense. And at that point, the Nets already had momentum. And then from there, it was like, I'm not going to say it didn't matter what Steph did. Like he definitely could have been a little bit more aggressive um, hunting his shot. And they could have just ran some simple actions to get him going. But I think at that point, the momentum was already in Brooklyn's favorite. And it just worked out in the way that it went. Um, he was also cold by the time in both of those. He was cold because I'm sure he was like, all right, I'm in cruise control for the rest of this game because we're going to win. I think that's what he was thinking in his mind, where it's like you can't really put your foot off the gas at this point but because how can your team will be thinking that. And also with this team. So I don't like, I mean, with this team, I don't see how you could still be thinking like, like no loot, no lead has proven to be safe except for San Antonio. Was that where he sat the fourth quarter? I think there's only two where I think, I think so. Right. I mean, cause I remember when it happened, I was like, is this the first game where they've actually got to sit the fourth quarter? And everyone reminded me that there was one more earlier in the season, but I mean, it, they, they haven't mm. proven to be able to um, maintain leads and um, you know, it's uh, I thought the isolations for clay were, weird last night personally um i would have liked to see kaminga into close with the group he'd been effective the whole game mm-hmm. so let's get into some of that in the next segment but i just i i i think it's um i i overly i don't care too much about two games and like him not like playing that well in the fourth totally agree with you on decision making um but I just I don't know what the mindset is for any of them. You know, if I, did you hear all the post game interviews yesterday? Yeah, I, I would encourage everyone to listen to them. Maybe it's just me, but they they it just it, they sounded weird to me. the The post games were the way Dre talked, the way it was like, yeah, you know, we don't know why we can't. We don't know why we can't. Um, we talk about it. We say it. We know these are things that need to be done, but it's just not happening. And I'm I'm at a point where I can't tell, like, are they signaling to others? Are they saying to us, we don't actually have the ability to get better, to turn it on? Like, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of it. So mm. anyway, I would encourage everyone to go and listen to the post games from last night. Um, I feel like Kerr, Andre, and Steph, in ways, their messages were somewhat similar. Loon was the only other person who did a post game. And he said that he does think all of the different, like, changes with the lineups, you know, and the, you know, things like that just is sort of overall collectively affecting, you know, their rhythm, even in talking about like now Jordan being back in the starting lineup, he's like, you know, he said something and I don't think that's going to be a new starting permanent lineup change, but he said like, you know, so now like, and now there's a new starting lineup. And so, you know, and even though, even though those five have played together again, um, have, have played together before rather, I guess I kind of undervalue like, even though they played together that they can't just come back together and it'd be like all on point. Um, and I could be wrong. Maybe it is, but you played. So you tell me like, cause I always think like if five people know each other, they know when it kind of comes back like clockwork, but does it not always work like that? Um, no, nah, not always. I think you still got to build that rhythm back. It's the same way as like, 
um, somebody who is a great shooter, if they take some time off, they still got to get their rhythm back. You don't just walk into the gym and be able to shoot your best. Um, and this season, guys have been like in and out of the lineup. So it's definitely a different energy you got to you got to bring. It's a different type of focus. You got to bring guys come back to the season slightly different. Guys come back and have added or have lost certain aspects of their game, maybe. And you got to figure out year to year, like what you got to do to, you know, get that chemistry back. So I think that's the kind of situation they're in. Okay. Let's break here. Um, and we'll be back because we, we know the things that are wrong. We've talked about them ad nauseum. So let's, let's, let's talk about what they can do and look ahead. Cause I didn't realize that the next game was the Grizzlies. I really wish they weren't the next game, but whatever. Um, let, 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 let's talk about what's to come and yeah let's do it golden spaces odyssey original podcast i'm natalie that's justin and we'll be right back ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces. It's Justin and Nat. We're here. Um, I'm working very hard. I'm trying really hard to have the vibes, guys, but it's a reach today. I feel messy. <laughs> I do. I do. The vibes are definitely not. 100% where they need to be, but maybe by the end of the show, we'll get there. Okay. Um, we had the first segment for me to kind of air out my stuff and for us to talk things through. Justin gave me a little therapy. It's funny because I had a therapy session immediately before we recorded. So it's like, I got my 
real life therapy, although sometimes basketball overlaps to that. Cause yes, yes. The therapist who I pay my good hard earned money to <laughs> sometimes has to hear me talk to her about the warriors. Cause y'all be stressing me out. Um, but then Justin gave me my basketball therapy. So now that um, I was able to get out some of what I got out, let's, let's talk about the team. Um, so the Warriors are again, one game below 500. It's not ideal. It's not ideal, but I just have to keep saying it. And I know we've been saying it all year. It's not the end of the world and it's not the end of the world because of where the standings are. Right. And that's just, that's just the reality of the truth. And crazy as it sounds i mean the kings are starting to like they're trying to create some distance and you know they like i don't know if they're going to start losing games but they right now have third but three is still within distance so three through 13 and that that includes teams like the okc thunder right now three through 13 are all in contention for the three through eight spots right like that's just what it is right right now in the west um Kawhi Leonard is starting to play better. So he might be kind of getting into his groove, right? And so maybe the Clippers will start to play better. Who knows? I don't think their only issue is Kawhi just not playing peak Kawhi. But that bodes well for them if their best player is going to start, you know, playing like that again, right? So I think you're going to start to see some more teams starting to make pushes. Booker should, I don't know when he's coming back, but he's probably going to be coming back soon. The Suns just got a pretty good win for them over the, the Grizzlies last night, although they almost blew it. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of teams are going to start to try to make a push, right, in the second half, including the Warriors. And I think maybe we just got to prepare ourselves for the fact that, like, the Warriors may make a run, but other teams may start to. And, like, the standings may just be like this for the rest of the season. Like, it may just be close standings, right? And the Warriors, at most, just got to make sure that they're not, like, out of six. But it's just going to be like that. Like, I don't think we're going to get this to be a year where the Warriors, like, create this separation amongst the rest of the pack. They let too much of the season go. So there's not going to be this, oh, we're, like, six, seven, eight games ahead. And to be honest, it wasn't really like that last year either. It started like that. But then in the second half of the season, they dropped games. They dropped games. They had a buffer, but they dropped games. And they had to fight for the third spot. I think we had even fallen as low as like, did we ever fall below four? I feel like at one point we might have been five. Um, I'm not sure. We definitely well, fell to four, though. I know that. I think we fell to four. I don't know about five, though. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was sort of a similar. At least we knew that they were going to be in that three and four spot, so that's the difference. But what I mean is that it was close, and it, it could have not been. And and also, we I think we were worried we could have fell because if everyone remembers, when Steph went out, they were losing a lot of games. It really wasn't until like the last five ish games of the season where they just found a way to string together some games and like win and secure secure that three spot. Cause we were all like, mm-hmm, look at them. They not winning nothing. This is crazy. And I, I'm just like, does everyone remember that that was happening last year? Because it really is not that different from this year. The main difference with this year from last year is that they started off so strong. And I know we've talked about the reasons that happened, but the point is that they started off so strong. They had a buffer, but the Warriors were playing very comparable basketball to this, the second half of the season. They mm -hmm. really were. 
And I remember the same thing, all the questions going into the postseason. I mean, Steph's going to come back, but can you really like just come back and, and then go on a run like that? Can you just do that? And I remember a lot of people saying what we saw at the beginning of the season was fake. I remember that. You know, maybe just wasn't real. They spent like all this time in California to start in, you know, because I remember we we kept saying like, okay, we know the Warriors can play. They were doing this at the beginning of the season. So why does everyone now all of a sudden think that they can't just because you haven't seen it? Like things have happened, but people just refuse to acknowledge that things happen. It was just like, no, no, because if you're this kind of team, a championship team does this and they do this and we get all these proclamations about what Mm -hmm. they should look like. And then they go on, don't ever go to a game seven, pretty much dominate the Western Conference. I really, maybe maybe naively, but I truly believe, Justin, after that, 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 that people would be a little bit more understanding or supportive or patient going forward. And we wouldn't doubt things as much because of that. I thought, because I get it. Like that last year was like, we haven't seen them in two years and it was so long before when they did this. So we don't know if they can still do it. I wasn't one of those people, but I can, I can accept that, but you just saw them do it. Like Mm -hmm. you just saw them do it a few months ago. So I'm just saying like, for me, it is annoying because it's very similar to last year. And I got to tell you that outside of the beginning of the last season, I was annoyed for most of the season watching them play. That's how I felt. I was annoyed. So it's a very similar feeling um, I really don't want them in a play-in spot. And I, I I, still say I'm pretty confident that they won't be in a play-in spot, but I'm starting to, like, wonder, like, are they really going to get to, like, four? <laughs> you know, because they do really have to start that process soon, Um, I think, to do it. And so that, that's kind of where I am with them on that. So what do you think, now that we're here, they're, again, one game below 500, what do you think in terms of like their seating and and where they'll end up? Because I what I sort of think is gonna happen is that they're gonna make the push after all-star break, which is great, but you gotta win some games before all-star break. Like you can't, you know what I mean? Like you're gonna get that big rest and everybody's gonna come back refreshed. But what do you do to get you from now through all-star break? They gotta Play some defense, first of all. <laughs> um, like Draymond said, I did see that Draymond said something about ball contained and just the other team breaking the paint consistently. Dribble and penetration. Is, exactly. And this is the issue that we run into when we start small. Um, if we can't contain the ball while you're small, then it's really no point, right? Because all the all the ball handler is going to do once he gets into the paint is see Draymond come and help and then just drop it off. That's how you get 24 points from Nick Claxton, right? Um, so they they got to figure out a way to contain the ball. They got to figure out a way to help on the glass with our wings, particularly the, the ones that are playing up a position. Um, and I think that'll set the table for them. Offensively, they'll be fine, right? As long as you got Steph um, and Jordan and Clay and all these guys, they got so much talent offensively, they're going to be fine. I think the defensive end is the main reason why they, they're in this position now. So they got to get back to defending at a high level consistently. Um, and, you know, this was the first game in a long time where they've had pretty much a fully healthy rotation, like their main rotation. Um, kind of surprised that Jamichael didn't play. I think he played probably his best game of the season against 
the Cavs, and before he had his leg infection, he was starting to trend upward um, as well. So if he can get to, uh, you know, just a baseline of being able to rebound and finish plays and not completely tank the defense and stuff like that. If he could just be a passable level player, um, I think he can give them a nice boost because he can just, he, he can, he allows them to just play more front court bodies and guys that can actually crash and rebound and stuff like that. So there is an opportunity. We keep saying it, but there is an opportunity for them to string together some wins because they have their reliable eight, nine, guys if you include ty jerome 10 guys um if you include he who should not be named that's 11 guys that they can kind of rely on to at least give some type of neutral impact out there and i think that should be enough for them to you know string together some wins build some chemistry going forward and i do think they'll make a bigger push after the all-star break once guys get a rest particularly jay and loon um you know wigs can kind of hopefully get his rhythm back over this stretch before the all-star break. But I do think he'll be a lot better after that as well. And Steph as well. So they just got to lock in on D um, up until then and, and see where the chips fall where they may. But I think ultimately they, they'll, they'll, they'll land wherever they're supposed to land, right? Like your record is what your record is at the end of the season, because that's the type of team that you, you are. So whatever seed that is for them, whether it's in the play-in or not, it's where they're supposed to be because it's how they performed over the course of the season. So, um, yeah, we just got to hope they continue to trend upward. And by the time they get to the playoffs, they, they're set health-wise and rhythm-wise where they can make the best push they can possibly make, whether that ends in a championship or not. That's that's all you can ask for. Mute. You're muted. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that was going to happen one time! <laughs> Y'all can't see the video, but I'm all here answering, asking a question. (laughs) 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 The first vibes moment that we've had. There we go. We knew Um, it wasn't going to be long without it. (laughs) Who do you think this team is, Justin? I think they, right now, um, they're still a contending team. They're just focus um, another player or two and um, just rhythm back, uh, rhythm away from being who they really are, right, which is a championship-level team. I think um, getting some front court help definitely is needed. We've been saying that literally since before. Like, we've been saying that since – first second third week of the season um that still remains true in my opinion they need some front court help preferably a big wing someone that can allow you to play different lineups and stuff like that um once not once they do that but before they do that they need to establish a baseline of focus and defensive effort and physicality i think that was a big reason why dante and, and joku had and Looney and Looney had such big impacts off the bench because they came in they played physical um, immediately, right? Brooklyn's kryptonite is physicality. So, you know, as good as they are at switching and how many shooters they got and how many offensive weapons they have, Boston swept them because they were just a more physical team. And, you know, it just, they they use it, they impose their physicality on the offensive and the defensive end. So I think playing with that physicality and that pride and that, you know, that grit on both ends is 
exactly what they need in addition to potentially influxing another player or two that can provide some more, um, provide a different skill set or something that they need and fill a, fill a hole for them. And they'll, they'll be a contender. They're, they're the best team in the league when they do those things. <laughs> so I think ultimately you are with this team, they are closer to their ceiling. Like some teams have a high ceiling, but who they really are as a team isn't really that. Like I think the Clippers are not really their ceiling um, because we just haven't seen them do it consistently enough. But I do think over the course of this dynasty, you've seen the Warriors hit their ceiling time and time and time again. So I do think at the end of the day, they're closer to their ceiling as you know their baseline than any other team in the league. So yeah, at the end of the day, I think they're a championship caliber team. They just got to get it right. Okay. Wow. Part of getting it right is getting Andrew Wiggins back to where we need him to be. Um, And again, it may not be to where he was at the beginning of the season. Um, Where he was last year in the finals would be great too, even though he wasn't the most efficient. He just, you felt him. You made sure his presence was felt on the court. Um. So what are the things, because his shot isn't there yet. And I think that is affecting him, that his shot isn't there. Um, Just the reality of the world we live in. Like, yes, players can do other things on the court, but we've seen it with Clay. We've seen it with others. Jordan, like when their shot isn't falling, it just, it just, um, they take themselves out. And like, you wish players wouldn't do that, but they do that. Now, I feel like this team will actively do things to get Clay going. But I feel like Wiggins is not a player they will do that for. <laughs> right? That is true. And he is kind of forced to, you know, like, I don't think they plan for Wiggins to be our second most important or impactful or whatever player in the finals. But that's just what happened. But they don't look to say, okay, let's get him going. Let's get him so what can be done to help? Because at some point you got to because he's needed, right? Mm-hmm. So what can Andrew do and what can the team do to get him to where he needs to be? Well, for Andrew, I think if he is mentally all the way there from the injury, um, which I hope he is, then I think just what I just said about Dante and, and Kaminga and Looney, just play with some more physicality, right? Put your body on somebody, make him feel you. Um, because that type of stuff gets guys like going, gets them in a rhythm when you really, you know, everybody has their different way of getting hyped up or getting involved or, you know, getting to where they need to get to. But it's a pretty foolproof plan that if you knock somebody on their ass one time or they knock you in your ass or you just, you know, you just, you know, get into it with somebody. Right. Um, it it kind of wakes you up a little bit. I think going to the rim a little bit more. He had a few post-ups against the Nets where he just kind of like settled and faded away. And it's like, just go through somebody's chest. Even if it's an offensive foul, go through somebody's chest, try to dunk on somebody, stuff like that. Um, He usually has some of his best games and specifically against Minnesota. They like to run the first play of the game for him against Minnesota because he used to play for them and he's gotten dunks against them and stuff like that. And he's had some of his best games once he, once he gets that first dunk out of his system and, all that. So I do think they need to feature him a little bit more in the offense, particularly second units. Um, I think posting him up and just getting him going downhill to the rim is the best thing for him in his offense. 
and is the best thing for the team because he, for the majority of his career, has been an elite finisher inside. And he typically does well when he posts up smaller guards. So I think they need to do that. But for him, on a defensive end, try to crash the glass a little bit more like you were doing in the playoffs, right? You don't got to do it every single game like you did in the playoffs, but get yourself going a little bit. I think he gets caught watching a little bit too much, whereas in the playoffs, you couldn't keep him off the glass. Offensive and defensive, he was going for everything. So I think he has to have one or two games where he's doing that consistently. He's getting to the rim consistently. He he has some plays called for him. And I think that'll get him going, that'll get his confidence back up. And uh, I think it'll shake any rust or any apprehension he has towards playing his full athletic game coming off that injury. Okay. Andrew, we hope you're listening to us. Someone send Andrew Wiggins what Justin just said. Send him our podcast. You know, everyone knows I have a soft spot for Andrew. So it's paining me that he's going through this right now and that everyone is not being as supportive of him as I think we should be. So um, we need you, Andrew. You're needed. You're not like just like some guy on this team. We actually need you. So he looked good when I saw him, you know, in, in Boston. I had the opportunity to actually walk like right by him and he was laughing and good. So that doesn't really mean much, you know, but, um, you know, we need you. So do what you got to do to get back. So that's Andrew, right? Um, I don't know. With Clay, I don't even... Clay's going to hijack think... offenses sometimes. Yeah. Clay's shooting is going to be up and down. I feel like this is just Clay. I think my only thing is, like, at what point do they say, okay, maybe let's not go to him for four straight possessions? Like, right. And that, to me, is not on Clay. That's, like, on the team and Kerr. Like, just don't keep doing it. It's not fucking working. I totally agree. Um, and Clay has been on fire for the last two weeks, three weeks or something like that. He's been shooting great numbers. He's been averaging close to 30 points. Um, so, like you said, he's going to be up and down. He's going to have some bad games. He's going to have some games where he shoots a little bit too much. But Clay has said time and time again, I don't sacrifice shots. He told Draymond, they pay me to shoot, which they do. <laughs> so you know when you give the ball to Clay, there's a much higher chance that he's shooting the ball than him passing the ball. So keep that in mind. I'm not saying look him off, but just keep in mind that you don't don't run three, four, five plays in a row for him down the stretch, knowing that he doesn't have it going and knowing that he's probably not going to pass it out of those situations. Um, and why was that needed down the stretch? Why didn't they do that earlier in the game? Like, why at that point are they looking for Clay to get going is, when it's time to close? And this is why I think it's just like that focus, like that intention, like, we got the game one. We are up 16 points with four minutes, five minutes to go. Let's just try to get Clay going so he's good for the next game or he's feeling good about himself. And it's like, once you realize, shit, they came back, it's too late now, right? Like, we probably should have did that. It's too late now, right? You try to put Looney in at the end. Oh, it's too late. So I think that's why I think it's just a, a focus thing that they're just kind of – they're trying to cruise in situations where they shouldn't be cruising. They should be like, all right, we're – putting this team away like all right we can we can go to clay when we're up 25 with five minutes ago not 13 um <laughs> so but also not with like yeah kevin durant's out but like we know what Kyrie can do y'all know it in the worst way 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you know it in the worst way. Like, what are we doing? Are you disrespecting him? Because I remember I used to get mad when they never used to double Kyrie. But we saw them doing some of that in this game, forcing him to give up the ball. And I like that. Early in the game, I'm saying, because it's like, yes, make the others beat you. Make the others beat you. Because I don't think, I don't think the Nets others are that good. No, they're not. I mean, offensively, they can all hit shots. Joe Harris and Seth are two of the best shooters in the league. Ben Simmons is a shell of his former self, though. Um, Royce O'Neal can hit a shot, but he's not a he's not gonna like beat you other than a wide open three at the end. You know, what I mean, of course he's gonna hit that one, but he's not gonna beat you throughout the course of the game, really. And I do think their approach with Kyrie was just a little off. Like they they let him go one on one, which is cool against certain matchups, but like he was just kind of cooking people all night. But when they weren't letting him go one on one, they were just doing very very uh telegraph double teams where he was he, he could easily pass out of them they weren't timed well they were doubling off people who were just an easy pass away like claxton on a roll a bunch of times that's why he got 24 points and it's like what do we it's just like their defensive attention yeah. it's just not they're not they're not all the way there that's why i said that has to be established first right they were the smartest defensive team in the league last year by far and they had one of the best personnels in the league to execute those different defenses. And obviously Mike Brown is gone. And a lot of the guys that made that defense, what it was last year um, are not there, but you just, they, I think they just got to figure something out because the way they were guarding Kyrie just, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. So maybe you can answer Justin the question that, cannot be answered which is what is up with the defense why have they lost all their defensive principles because you get it when it's the bench guys but these are your main guys doing this mm-hmm. um team is smaller for one <laughs> team is smaller um i do think and i said this early in the season Andrew just hasn't been as good as he was on defense as he was last year. He hasn't been bad, but I do think he was much better last year. Um, Obviously losing Gary, Gary made so many plays defensively, like that just led to, they were home run plays, right? Dante's extremely solid and he's good. Kaminga's extremely solid and he's good, but they aren't making like a ton of pick six plays out there like Gary was. But hold on, Um, I'm just saying like the closing group because last night I thought the bench like I know we haven't seen them do it like all season but I do think generally speaking since Steph was out to now that the bench has been playing better like I think I I think the bench guys have learned how to play with each other is what I'm saying so um it's not that I don't think that there can't be improvement but like it was not the starter like the bench helped build the lead you know and they were like and yeah. that was with Kaminga out there and stuff like that. But I'm just saying some of the defensive lapses we're seeing, I mean, Jordan was making some of them, but we know his defensive issues, but it's not just him, you know, it's, it's the other, it's the starters at times, you know? And it's like, y'all know the right things to do. So why are y'all still doing the wrong things? Like you've gotten the lead now. Why are you not close? Like your bench did what you need them to do. Not only did they win the last game to keep y'all at 500, But they came in tonight, they, like, invoked energy. You know, Kaminga was tremendous. 
And let's talk mm. about him next segment because we haven't even given him love for the great game he's had. So why are they not doing their part? Now you are getting what you need from the bench and you're still not doing it. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, they, they made that switch. So it's kind of like a weird, we're in this weird middle middle ground right here where it's like they sent Looney to the bench where he's kind of been like the defensive anger for the, or one of the defensive angers for the starting unit. So they put him on the bench now. And so he's helping them out. Um, he's extremely underrated, by the way. Like he, whatever lineup he's put in, he just makes so much better. Um, but I don't think that lineup, the three guard, the PTSD, whatever lineup they tried to name that, it's just not a good defensive lineup. Like it worked I against Denver. That. Why do you think he went to it with Brooklyn? I don't know. I mean, he went to it with Boston too, and they were they were kind of they were playing well, but I think they were just a little bit more juiced up for Boston. But I, I don't understand. Um, he he, I think he he went to it and he and he said that he, that he made the reference to Jordan and how he plays better as a starter and stuff like that. But I just don't I just don't get it. That lineup has like it was good for like two games and then. <laughs> And then it was it's always been bad other than that. They're just too small, right? Wiggins, as good as he is and as good as he was in the playoffs, doesn't, in the regular season at least, consistently bring the physicality and the rebounding and the big things that he needs to bring to play the four consistently. Clay just isn't what he used to be defensively to to be able to guard some of the guys they, they're asking him to guard, right? So... It's just a bunch of cross matches, right? So it, Wiggins is best as a point of attack defender, but in that lineup, he has to be a big defender. Clay is probably best as a big defender at this point, and Jordan is tough to find a matchup for him anywhere in the court. And you're not going to put Steph on the other team's best guy. So it's like either Jordan or Clay has to guard the other team's best ball handler, which, depending on the matchup, can be problematic. <laughs> Right, you play him against Kyrie, and it's like, well, if Wiggins isn't carding Kyrie, then we're kind of cooked. Um, so yeah, they just need to. I think they need to scrap that lineup. I said last night, um, maybe special occasions that lineup should come about, but they should go back to the normal starting lineup, put Jordan back on the bench. And if you're so hell bent on starting Jordan, then either Clay or Wiggs has to come off the bench. Like that's just you can't you can't start the four perimeter guys together. I, I, they just they just don't guard up. They don't scale up well enough for it to really work consistently. Um, so that's that's how I feel about it. That particular lineup is just is doomed to fail <laughs> defensively, regardless of who they're playing. I think. Okay, that makes sense. I just, I, I just don't know in terms of. Oh, I'm so sorry for this noise, y'all. I just like don't even want to take my thing off mute. Um, I just don't think. Um, I I feel like Jordan was starting to get his flow anyway, like even before he was inserted into the starting lineup. So I would see if like he was still struggling, but it just doesn't make sense to me because I felt like he was finally starting to like play well, even in the second unit. So I just didn't think the change to the first. To, to, to now bringing him back to start was needed. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't think that it worked so well in the Boston game either to give you like a reason to be like, let's do this again. Cause it was like super uber effective. So I'm like, is there something going on behind the scenes? We don't know. Cause I don't understand why this is happening. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. I mean, I think I think he initially went to it um, as kind of like a we don't have any bigs type of you know proclamation. Like, okay, we have two centers if you include Draymond and Looney. Our best lineup is with them two playing together, but we have to split them up because we don't have any other bigs. Um, we're going to have to make Andrew play a lot more four. Kaminga has already been pretty much a four for them since he got drafted. So that's cool. And that's probably why the bench, you know, looked a lot better because you got a guy who's naturally a four and a guy who's naturally a five playing. And then you just match up however many, whatever guards you want to put with those dudes is going to work probably. Um, but that first unit is just not quite like that because Wiggins is not naturally a four. He's a three a two, three kind of, you know, in that realm, right. Point of attack defender, you know, that's just, that's just his game. Um, so I think that's Kerr initially was just like, look, we got to split these guys up because we don't have any other centers. You would think he would take Jamichael's return as kind of like a way for him to dial that back and say, all right, we can play our main guys and then we can feel comfortable with Jamichael in their spot minutes but that just wasn't the case last yesterday. So uh, maybe he, he goes back to Jermichael a little bit more going forward. And maybe there, maybe there's something going on beyond behind the scenes that we don't really know about potentially a player acquisition or something like that. So I don't know, but I think that's what it is. Splitting up the bigs. Mute it. <laughs> Justin is so amused when I talk to myself for like a good 30 seconds before I realize I'm muted. Um, <laughs> let's break here and come back for one last final short segment. You're tuned into Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. It's Golden Spaces. We're back, y'all. Odyssey Original Podcast with Justin and Matt. Um, all right. So we move. We move forward. The Warriors record is what it is. But I think, Justin, there are some, like, takeaways. And I know it's hard for people. Again, we're not more victory people over here. And I know it's hard for people to be like, well, I don't give a fuck about that because they're still lost and like this is what the record is. But I think there have been positives that have come through this, right? And and so I do really feel once they put it all together, the Warriors can be very good. Um, I just don't think they've put it all together yet, right? Um, but um, I do think that like Kaminga has looked pretty good in his return from injury. 
and looked really great last night. And so, and we know he's needed. He's really, really needed. Um, and I, I, I thought it was unfortunate that Kerr, after as well as he played all games, didn't give him the chance to close last night. You know, um, mm. he should have. Yeah. He should have. Um, and you know, some people talked about like sending a message to 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 Wigs or you know, um, you know, I'm sure he didn't like being benched, but maybe that will get through to him. You know, again, I don't think with Wiggins, it's all just like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I just think he's letting like the fact that he's not playing like he did before, you know, affect him. And I think that's human, to be honest. So I'm not going to kill him too much for that. But Kaminga was playing well. He was a big, he's, he was the best person at containing Kyrie. <laughs> last night he's our best he's probably our best point of attack defender at this point so i'm just like what like why he definitely bothered Kyrie at points and you're not gonna like shut Kyrie down but you saw it like you saw it while he was defending him so i would have liked to see him to close he was playing well um mm-hmm. but that didn't happen but i i just i think kaminga was great last night and it just shows you like the potential of like what we have in him and so yeah, just shout out to Kaminga. I thought he was like really great. And I thought he was a bright spot from last night and yet another game that the Warriors should have won. Yeah. He's like I said, he's probably our best point of attack defender. He also guards up very well. He's just all around, just he's he's starting to show like the uh, the potential be realized as far as like his athletic gifts and how strong he is and how tall he is and all those things. And just his competitive nature, he's at that point in his career where he's really trying to make a name for himself and carve out a consistent rotation spot, which he has. But he's trying to validate that and, you know, grow his his name in the league. Um, and he realized that on this particular team, and it starts with the defensive end, everything else comes as, you know, a bonus. And if he does what he needs to do as far as running the floor and cutting when he needs to cut, points come easy. He got 20 points it seemed like off all dunks, right? He start, he did start the game shooting a few threes that he probably rushed a little bit. But other than that, fast break dunks, cutting, alley-oop, stuff like that, that stuff's going to come easy, especially when he plays, you know, next to these guys who draw so much attention and with Draymond and Looney, who are such good passers out of the short roll. So, yeah, he was big, bright spot, and he just needs to continue doing what he's already been doing. So they got Memphis next. Them little nigglets talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they don't they do. talk a lot? Oh, they for sure do. They talk a lot. And they, <laughs> you know, it's it, it feels like a catch-22 to me because they lost their last two games, which I love. But now, if they weren't already coming into the Warriors hungry, in particular after they got embarrassed on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. they won't be coming in even hungrier. Now the Warriors are going to be hungry for this game too. They're they're down one. The Grizzlies get them all, you know, whatever. So I'm hoping it's a good game, but I'm also hoping we win because it feels a little bit like we're losing that power we had at Chase to beat everyone. I mean, a few ga- teams have now come in there now and gotten them, and I'd like They've to get back. They lost four to that. in a row. They lost yeah. four in a row at home. So. Um, Kaminga could definitely be useful in this game. I mean, last year 
he wasn't that great against the Grizzlies, but I think he's a better player now. So mm-hmm. um, could have definitely used him in the Boston game. So what do, what do you think? I, I I mean, I don't think we're going back to starting small again. Uh, I don't know. Would it, would it, this, the Kurd say otherwise? No, but is this the new starting lineup or was this just like something we were trying for a couple of days? A couple of games, rather. Um, I hope it's something that they just tried and, they, and it ended yesterday. <laughs> but they, they played, I mean, that lineup played okay against Boston and they were just kind of terrible against Brooklyn. So who knows? Who knows? Kaminga was a plus 21 on Christmas against Memphis in, in about 17 minutes. So we know he don't like them. He he does not like them. I mean, none no. of them like Memphis. No. no. LeBron and Shannon don't like Memphis. <laughs> uh, who likes who likes Memphis for real? Oh my gosh. Uh so are you excited about this game? I don't even know. The Warriors, every game, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to expect, man. Yeah, I tweeted I tweeted after the Cavs game. is like when the fan base collectively either expects them to lose or just goes into the game with just like just kind of down about their chances, they usually surprise us and win. <laughs> so that's not a great feeling. And it's not a great way to look at things, but they typically show up big when we are are down on them and disappointed in how they've been playing. So I'm not going to make any predictions. Like you said, Memphis is going to be coming in there off those two losses and off the Christmas loss, trying to smack Golden State. Is it in? Is it at home? It is. It is at home. So. But the Warriors have two days of rest. They do. Which usually typically bodes well for them before games. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't like. I gotta tell you, I don't go into any games expecting the Warriors to lose. I just don't. But I just, I feel like, um, yeah. I mean, I pay attention to things. I was actually someone who was like, I hope that the 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 Nets win before they get to the Warriors because they had so many games that they had lost. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want them extra fucking hungry coming in, and I knew that like. I mean, which I thought that was part of the reason maybe why Kerr opted to rest, you know, um, the starters, because honestly, they would have played that game and then it would have only been one night off Mm -hmm. and they were traveling and they were back in chase, you know? So that's why I'm also a little disappointed by the, the showing by the starters, because the 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 bench guys who went out there and played and got y'all the win in Cleveland still came out last night with like just more intensity and energy and you know than you guys mm-hmm. so two nights two nights off so let's see you know um but it's it's both teams are gonna really want that game that much I know I expect them to treat it like a Celtics game I just don't know Kirk and keep saying I'm just gonna do these short rotations I just I don't know that I don't I don't think I don't think Steph I don't think I don't think they can take it I don't I I think Mm. Steph ultimately can take it I don't think his body is back there yet I don't think Andrew's body is back there yet and I think it's too much for Dre and and Loon 
Yeah. I agree. Um, which is why, like I said, it was so weird that Jamichael didn't play. Um, but I think he'll play next game and going forward. And obviously, um, the other guy's probably going to be back in the rotation when he gets when they play again. So that's two more bodies. Um, yeah, we'll see. PBJ? He can't get no burn. I would love for PBJ to get some burn, to be honest. Provide size, shooting. We all know what he brings. It's just weird that he doesn't. No, doesn't get any burn. Especially because, like, you... You really need frontcourt players. That's the... <laughs> And you deactivated Lamb, so I thought, okay, you did that. So, yeah. like, let PBJ get some fucking burn. Like, to do that and then still only do the very short rotation doesn't make sense to me. And didn't he play well against the Nets when they got destroyed that one time? Like, obviously, KD... Bro, people bringing and... up Wiseman to me. I'm like, so what, not having Wiseman is the reason they, they lost that game? At least he got 30 in that game. Bro, they lost by like 100 points. Like, what are we yeah. doing here? Yeah, that was that was some nasty agenda pushing right there. <laughs> all nasty. right, guys. That's all. That's all I have for today. That's all. Well, I don't know if that's all Justin has, but I don't, I don't, I don't have any more to give right now. Um, everybody's everybody's pulling for me right now. Every in every area of my life, and y'all not gonna be draining me. So um <laughs> I don't know what the vibes were today. Probably seven-ish. I don't ever like to go below a seven, but I don't even know if we're quite seven. So I'm going to say seven-ish. But we'll be back and we'll be we'll be here with the vibes for the next game. Um, I would love it if the Warriors could get a little something going, though, before All-Star break rather than waiting until post-All-Star break. Right. They need to. They got how many games until then? A few, but they need to get it. They need to get it together. They do. All right. Thank you, y'all. We appreciate you. We really do. We appreciate y'all. Um, it's Golden Spaces. It's Nus- Justin and Nat. I was gonna say Nustin. Who's Nustin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I be making up names on here. Ty Bowman. Nothing. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I saw Ty after the game in the uh, um, against the Wizards. Like he was, he left out and he was taking pictures of people. I probably should have got a picture with Ty real quick. But well, next not time, in your, not in your media stuff. You can't do that. Yeah, it was outside. It was after everybody oh, had already left. After, yeah. after one, yeah, okay. Yeah, you should. Oh, I guess. I guess, yeah, you should have gotten a picture with Ty Bowman. Anyway. Um, (laughs) All right, guys. uh, We are leaving. Let's try this again. Not um, Nustin and Nat. Is that what it is? Nustin and and Jet. (laughs) It is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat, um, we appreciate y'all. We really do. Thank you for hanging in with us. Hanging with our team, though. They are going to get it together. I believe that. I know it in my heart. <laughs> I know it in my heart. With that, we are leaving for today. Until next time, guys. Take care.